Are you sick and tired of your dreary, old-fashioned marketing and PR? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to episode 31 of the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing podcast. We'll sit down for a coaching session with TGR podcast intern Lucas Kufadontis. We have two chances to win Seth Godin's new book, Tribes, and you'll meet David Meerman Scott, author of The New Rules of Marketing and PR. So let's podcast. Welcome to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing Podcast, featuring the latest strategies and techniques to drive traffic to your website and convert that traffic into sales. Now here's the CEO of 10goldenrules.com, Jay Berkowitz. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever and whenever this podcast finds you, thank you so much for joining us for episode 31. We have a great contest on the show. As I mentioned off the top, I have an extra copy of Seth Godin's new book, Tribes. It's a great read. I'm about halfway through. So call into the show this week and answer a couple questions that have been intriguing me. Two-part question. One, how did you hear about this podcast? And two, where and when do you listen? Are you walking? Are you commuting? Let us know. Join the community. Please share with us. And we'll have a draw from all call-ins and we have a second chance to win later in the show. So call right now, pause the show, 206-888-6606. Where are you? How do you listen to the show? And how did you find out about the show? I'd love to hear from you. We have part two coming up of our coaching with Lucas Kufidantis, the TGR podcast intern, and his new site, Marketing Ropes. And we'll learn how he's building the site, and we're coaching him a little bit on how to market this brand new website. We have a great call with David Meerman Scott. He shares some incredible new ways he's built his personal brand, and he's enticed over 200,000 people to download his ebooks. This is a pretty smart marketer. You'll definitely want to listen to David Scott. I'm, am I going to see you next week in Las Vegas at PubCon? I have two sessions, one on podcasting, one on domaining. And we have a networking dinner, and a group of us are going to go see Cirque du Soleil's Love. So please get in touch if you're going to be there. My contact info, as always, is available at 10goldenrules.com, or you can email me, j at 10goldenrules.com. If you listened to last week's show, we used a number of internet monitoring tools to correctly predict Barack Obama would win the U.S. presidential election. We also used the same monitoring techniques to predict that Obama and McCain would win their party's nominations in the primaries. Really interesting. If you want to see how powerful those internet marketing tools are as a predictor of real-world world activities, listen to show 4 and show 30 to hear all about these powerful internet marketing predictors. Well, let's get right to calls and emails. First up, Casey Saren. Hey, Jay, this is Casey, the world's most hated blogger here of TrueCasey.com. Listening to your podcast as I'm on a little business trip to Utah, climbing Mount Olympus in Salt Lake City area. Loved the quote from Josh of Harvard Business Review. This is an older episode I'm listening to. And the quote is, lower the cost of failing so you can fail often. I love that. And uh, I've definitely applied that in my life. The problem is 
sometimes there's only so much you can do to lower the cost of failing. Sometimes the costs are higher than you think. But the concept is very true and reminds me of the book Failing Forward. So anyone out there who is thinking of starting a blog or using social media or internet marketing to expand their business, don't be afraid. Just give it a shot. That's what I did with IamFacingForeclosure.com two years ago, and it became a hit. I've had media exposure. And if I didn't take that shot, I would have never had that. Of course, there's, you know, there's good and bad that comes with exposure, and I've definitely received my share of negative exposure. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's all good. That's what I like to say. Thanks, Jay, for the great show. And uh, I hope your listeners enjoy your podcast as much as I do. Well, I guess we know where Casey's listening to the show, Hiking Up a Mountain. Thanks so much for calling in again, Casey. And uh, you're, you're really bang on. The uh, interview you were referring to was an interview with Josh Macht from the Harvard Business Review. I believe that was show 25 or 26, somewhere around there. Of course, all of our listings, show notes, and we're adding transcripts of all the shows are available at 10goldenrules.com. Um, the, the, your point's really, really, really valid. In internet marketing, it's so easy to test different applications, test different websites, different prices, different designs. You can put up two different websites, uh, two different website designs, and put half your traffic to one design, half the traffic to the other design, and very easily test two designs, two prices, two different options. And failing fast is so important on the internet. Matter of fact, golden rule number one, there are no rules, is really all about testing testing and testing again to validate the results of your earlier tests. And the beauty of the internet is you can test, fail, and move on so quickly. So Casey, you're bang on about failing fast, failing forward. Next up, we have an email from Kearney Adams from homeremediesdigest.com. Technically, it's home-remedies-digest.com. And he says, Jay, I'm a big fan of 10 Golden Rules. And I'm listening to the podcast for the second time. I have a suggestion that I hope you can implement. I'd like to see enhanced versions of your podcasts. With enhanced podcasts, you can navigate to each section of the podcast. By using buttons on your iPod, for example, by clicking the right button, you advance to the next segment. By clicking the left button, you replay the current segment, allowing you to listen to it again. I frequently replay segments, and this would make navigation much easier. I know that you do minimal editing on each show. <laughs> You're right there. But I hope you'll be able to make these changes regardless. Keep up the good work. Kearney Adams. Well, Kearney, thanks so much for joining the conversation. I definitely want to look into the advanced podcasts. I have no idea how you would do it. And I mean, I know how to create different segments of the show, but I wouldn't know how to string it together and get it up on iTunes. So myself and the team at TGR will do a little investigation. But if anyone out there knows how to do this and how to simplify it, I'd love to do that and make it easier for folks to get through the shows and listen to the sections you really want to hear. Well, next up, we're going to get right into the content of the show. As I mentioned, we sat down with Lucas Kufidanis, TGR podcast intern, and we coach Lucas through the second phase. He's got the basic site up. You can see it at marketingropes.com. So if you're not driving or commuting or on a subway somewhere, you can, or, well, I mean, come on, if you've got your iPhone or your smartphone, you can have a look right now at marketingropes.com, and you'll hear what Lucas Kufidantis is up to with Marketing Ropes. Here we go. I'm back with Lucas Kufidantis. 
Hey, Lucas. Thanks for doing this. How are you tonight? I'm doing good. How about yourself, Jay? I'm great. I'm great. I'm sorry it took so long to make this happen. We had travel and holidays and everything happening. Nice to hear from you again, and I'm on the site. So for those of you who listened the first time, Lucas called into the show, and he asked if he could be an intern. And he's far from an intern. He's actually a professional developer. I'm not a professional designer, but I do work for the state as well as just maintaining part of that, the, the computer department. So he's a, he's a computer guy. But he yes, I asked for help with marketing and creating a new website. So we brainstormed on uh, a couple shows ago, and Lucas has done a great job. He's put up a site called marketingropes.com, and some of our listeners have already called in and emailed and stuff, and they've been on the site, and they really like it. So Lucas had a couple questions about the next steps in marketing the site, and so we're doing this as a live internship and coaching session, and I'm sharing it with all of you on the podcast. So, Lucas, go ahead. I know you had some questions. Let's get right to it. Well, I was wondering if on the website are my title and keywords, or if they're set up okay. Okay. So, basically, you're talking about your meta tags, and so I'm going to go on any website on the browser. If you click on View, and then scroll down and click on Source or Page Source, you can also do it by right-clicking and clicking Page Source. Okay, so you're, you've got a meta title. So in between the two uh, words, title and title, are the meta tags title. Now, the meta tags title is still really, really important for search engine optimization. Okay. And the one thing I would say about your meta tags title, it looks like it's set up correctly, but you're not taking advantage of an opportunity with respect to search engine optimization. Okay. Now, the basic things for, about search engine optimization, we've talked about this a lot on the show. Number one, you need the right words on the page. Number two, you need lots of links to the site. We'll talk about that later. And number three, you need your meta tags set up correctly, and you want to pick two or three keyword phrases to focus on on each page on your website, mm -hmm. and then you want to include those two or three keyword phrases in the title, description, and keywords meta tags. And additionally, you could name an image with one of those keyword phrases. Every opportunity you have to get those phrases on the page, um, your H1 title tag, your H2 tag, your subtitle could be a, a keyword phrase as well. So we talked on the, the last time we were together about using Word Tracker and selecting some keyword phrases. So did you select one or two keyword phrases to focus on on this main home page? I did. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. Word Tracker has a free version of it, which I used, and I came up with a couple of words. Like I said, you stumped me there. I don't have the words in front. No, that's fine. That's fine. We don't need the details. I mean, I think okay. the most important thing is to share the learning here with everybody else. Got so it. the basic step we talked about, go to Keyword Discovery or Word Tracker. Word Tracker has a nice free version. They're going to give you a whole bunch of keyword phrases and tell you how many times they're searched in an average 24-hour period and how many competing websites there are. So, for example, the phrase search engine optimization is searched 2,208 times in an average day, and there's 94 million competing websites. But by adding the phrase search engine optimization companies Florida, and our company's based in Florida, I get the opportunity to be more specific because the phrase search engine optimization companies Florida is searched 22 times a day, but there's only 24 competing websites. So you want to find phrases that are specific to your products and services or, or what your website's about. Pick two or three phrases, and you want to add them two or three times in the text, in the body text on the page. And then, in addition, you want to add them in your title tag. So the opportunity you have, your title tag right now reads, Title, Marketing Ropes, 
and then closing title. So the opportunity is to add a couple keyword phrases. I understand. So you want to pick one or two descriptive phrases that talk about what the site offers. Because the other thing is when the, when the website starts showing up in Google results, you're going to also see the title tag showing up as the title of that Google result on the free side or the left-hand side of, of search engine results. So you want to be descriptive, especially on the homepage title tag, talking about what you're offering on the website and what the website does. How much so, can I add to that? How many words? Or uh, you only want about nine or ten words in your title tag. Okay. And then the last two words should be the title of the website. Gotcha. Unless the title of the website is, in, in fact, a keyword itself. So okay. actually, why don't we talk about the website a little bit, because people can have a look at it and they can see what's going on. And I'll give you some of the basic things that I look for on a website. So you've got some really cool things going on. First of all, you've got the logo in what I would consider to be the right position. It's the top um, left-hand side, on the, the viewer's left. And um, that's become a standard across the Internet. When you get lost on a website, everybody probably knows, you can click on the logo and it brings you back to the home page. Okay. So that logo position in the top left has become a standard. And uh, if, if you haven't set up that functionality, that would be a really good thing. Deeper in the site, make that a link back to the home page. Okay. Uh, some people are looking for that. The other thing I like to see on a website, and we're missing that right now on Marketing Ropes, is a descriptive slogan. And this okay. isn't like a cute slogan like, like an ad agency would write. It's very descriptive, and you know, it can be a teeny bit cute. But you should say exactly what it is the site's all about, because you've set the site up as a blog, and we talked about that on the last show, which is cool. You've got the latest entry right at the top. What you should say is, this is a blog all about learning how to do Internet marketing. Or, or something like that. I mean, I'll, I'll leave it up to you to write the description. In other words, what the site is about. Yeah, because when people come to a site, there's what we call the four-second rule. So in four seconds, they're looking for the information precisely what the site's about. A lot of people come to a site from a Google search or from a link from another site, and whatever they were promised on the link or the search they did on Google, they're looking for relevant information to what they were searching for. So what you want to deliver within four seconds or less is a very clear description and delineation, exactly what it is the site offers and you know, prove to them that they're at the right place. Right. So one of the key triggers I find mentally and in also in research and eye-tracking studies that the logo and the slogan have a very strong impact on people they immediately look for. And then the second thing, they'll look for a short description of the site. So you might even consider a short description um, although, you know, it may, uh, you know, if this is a pretty straightforward site, it's you know, a blog where you can learn things about Internet marketing, it can be pretty straightforward and it can be accomplished using the slogan. Um, I'll keep going on some of the basic things we look for. You have the navigation um, clearly across the top of the site, and there's two places I think the navigation should be, and that's the links like Home, About, Tutorials, Book Reviews, Resources. I believe that the navigation should be on the top of the site or on the left-hand side of the site. Okay. So um, you've got it. The, the top works really well because it actually frees up a lot of space. Um, the left-hand side nav is a, is a design challenge. So it works really well, and you've done a nice job with that. You have a search box in the top right-hand portion, and that's another check mark on you know, Jay's list of um, things you should look for on a web design because there's about 20 to 30% of people who come to a website, and they're searchers. They just That's their habit. That's their preference. They like to search. So the position they also look for the search box to appear in is the top right portion of the website. So you've definitely got major kudos there. Um, one thing you might want to consider is you've got a search box with a little search magnify glass. 
That's pretty straightforward for searchers, but for your average person, they might not really know what that is, and you might put the word search beside the box. Understand, yeah. But you've done a really nice job. The box is nice and big, and people like to see the majority of their, their search query type, typed in there. Uh, but you've done a re really nice job. It's in the right place. The next thing you have that I love, and you guys have probably heard me talk about this on the podcast, is what we call a unique value proposition. And that's something free on the website that you're going to offer to people in exchange, and we call it like an ethical bribe. You're going to offer them something for free of a high value or high perceived value in exchange for their name and their email address. So you've got subscribe now to get your free how-to video and click here to sign up. One of the things I'd recommend is you've also got some ads there, which is great. You've got a GoDaddy ad and a Bluehost ad. So you've signed up as an affiliate to make a little bit of revenue on the site. But that is a portion of the box with the subscribe now to get your free how-to video. Mm -hmm. And I think that box gets lost a little bit. Okay. So if you can, either put some space between the banner ads or um, even you know put the subscribe in its own box, maybe even in its own color. If you may put that in the orange color of the Marketing Ropes logo, just so that really stands out. Because you want that UVP to be a very clear uh, call to action for people. Okay. So that when someone comes to a website, you make it really clear. Okay, here's what we are. Oh, and here's what I want you to do. Subscribe now to get this free video. And also you might want to be, you could put a couple bullet points that are descriptive, explaining the how-to video, but how to, how to what. Gotcha. And it's just how to internet marketing that would go further in communicating the, that four-second rule exactly what the site's all about. And then the rest of the site really works like a blog. Um, you, and then on the right-hand side, you've got recent posts. You've got some categories. Um, so I think everything else is really cool. One other thing you might want to consider, every site should have a site map. Okay. The site map does two things. One, a lot of consumers now know they can look at the site map if they're looking for something specific they can't find. But most importantly, Google and the other search engines follow the site map, and the site map contains links to all the pages. It, that, it, I, would, I would add that in the navigation at the bottom. It doesn't have to be at the top. Okay. Okay, so you had some other questions. Yeah, actually, uh, my question was, how do I attract more viewers? Okay, well, you, you know, you've talked a lot about adding content, and content's going to be great. It's going to get picked up in the search engine. We can look at some other things, like I always say that a free e-newsletter is a great strategy because it's something people can sign up for on the site. So it gets you some leads, it gets you some subscribers, and then it gives you the discipline once a month to write a couple articles and put it in your e-newsletter. And those articles will get picked up in the search engines. Okay. Um, some of the other things you can do is just start politely participating on other people's blogs and what you're doing right now on the podcast, marketingropes.com. We're mm -hmm. promoting it. But you can comment on other people's blogs and leave your website. Don't be very spammy with it. Find the top 20 or 30 marketing blogs that you read. Make an intelligent comment on their blog. Add to the conversation. Chip in. Answer people's questions and add value. And sign it with a signature, which, which includes a link to the website. And those are some of the good basic things. And we'll get into a few more advanced tactics down the road. Okay. You also mentioned you had a free copy of Seth Godin's Tribes. That's correct. I signed up for Seth Godin's Tribes Online and his special feature. Hey, congratulations, by the way. I saw you on the inside cover of that. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, wait a minute. Where is that? You were... Actually, I have it right here. 
and you are on the second page. Oh, you're on the second page, probably one, two, three, four, five, six rows down, about two, four, six, eight, nine across. On the inside, it has everybody's photo. Oh, cool. Okay. And it's actually your avatar that you use throughout yeah. the, the Internet. Yeah, I think if you join tribes, you could send your picture in, right? Yes. Oh, that's super cool. And by signing up early, he gave away a second copy of the book on his own, aside from ordering it through Amazon. So I have two copies, and I'd be willing to give that one away. Okay, so what we'll do is, um, I, I actually did the same thing. I pre-ordered mine on Amazon, and I got one from Seth's publisher. So we're going to give away two copies of Tribes. We're going to give one away to anyone who calls this podcast and has a comment this week and mentions since the Tribes book giveaway, and then we'll have a drawing. So I want to get lots of calls, and I actually have a question. Tell me where you, how you listen to this podcast. Where do you listen to this podcast? Call in, and uh, maybe how you found the podcast. Just a little bit of a story, you know, how you found out about the podcast, and and where you listen to it. You know, are you, do you listen in the car when you're commuting? Do you listen when you work out? Do you listen while you're working? And I'll give away my copy of Tribes. And then Lucas, what I would do on your for yours is have a drawing, and and on the website. Everybody who signs up on the website for the e-newsletter and to download the video, you'll give away your copy of Tribe maybe after a month. Okay. And, you know, a month from now, you could have another another giveaway. And so that that's a pretty good way to start building your list because you're giving away a, a, an additional incentive, another ethical bribe, a chance to win a copy of Seth Godin's Tribe. Okay. So that sort of accomplishes two things. And then you had another question about doing a press release, which would be a great way to launch a new website. You were asking about doing the PR web press release? Correct. There's 10 steps to doing a PR web press release correctly. So the first step is to do keyword research. Mm -hmm. Again, you can use the same research you did on WordTracker, and you can pick the same phrases you used as the main phrases on your homepage, and that's probably a really good strategy the first time out, because if you're going to be have a phrase like internet marketing tips and tools or some phrase that you selected that you're using on your homepage, you could use that in the headline of the press release. So you could say something like, new website launched to share internet marketing tips and tools, marketingropes.com. And you've accomplished basically the same thing we were trying to accomplish with the title tag, where you're including the keyword phrase in the main headline as well you're including the name and you're putting the name of the site at the end of that phrase. Okay. And so as well if this press release gets picked up in Google and the other search engines, that that you know, you're you're keeping it short, eight or nine words so that it shows up in the full Google description. So the first step, do the keyword research. The second step, draft the headline. Include the keyword phrases in the headline. You want the main phrase in the headline and you mm -hmm. want the backup phrases in the subheadline. And then you're gonna try to include those phrases two or three times throughout the body copy of the press release. So that's the fourth step. You're going to start writing the uh, body copy of the press release, and you're going to include the phrases two or three times. And the last paragraph can be about marketing ropes. So you know there's always, in press releases, there's always that what's called a template, and it's the about section. Yeah. Very, very easy to include those keyword phrases in the about section because you're going to repeat marketing ropes is a website created with Internet marketing tools and tips or, you know, whatever your main keyword phrase is. Obviously, yes. I'm making this up on the spot. So then the most important thing, you're going to add a new tab to the website called News or Press. And on that page, you're going to put the title and the subtitle of the press release. 
And you're always going to include your press releases in reverse chronological order, but there's only going to be one on there to start. Not the whole press release, just the title and subtitle. And then you're going to create another page, which is going to be a unique page, which is going to be the page where the press release is going to reside forever. Okay. And very important, the entire press release goes on that page and has its own page and its own meta tags, title, and description. Slightly different from the main main page title. Okay. Right, because you, you can just use the title of the press release as the meta tags title. So now you have a page that you can link to. So you've created a page on your website. And the next step is we like to link to that page from a blog. And um, your site really is a blog, right? Right, yeah, so that's correct. You know what you could do is just send me send me a link when you've got the press release written okay. and the page up, and I'll link to it from my blog. Okay. Which is great because our blog already has a five ranking in Google, and you know, the the objective of linking to that page on a blog is you want the blog to follow that link and read that page and index it, and, and what that's what it's called when Google reads a page, it indexes it. So that blog will be indexed or saved into the search engines at Google and the other search engines. Okay, the next step is we're going to ping it, which means I'm going to open up my blog in my iGoogle, which is my customized newsreader, and it's going to follow that link, and it's essentially going to open my blog, and it's going to force Google to follow the link. It's going to, you know, it's going to, in effect, you know, speed up Google's indexing of your site and indexing of that page. You're giving it a jump start a little bit. Exactly. And then the ninth step is we're going to put the press release on PR Web. I can use the $80 level. Mm -hmm. Very inexpensive to give the site a little kickstart. And you're going to add the press release to PR Web, and it's really easy. It just says title, and you copy and paste the title in there. And it says description, and you copy and paste the subtitle. And body copy, you copy and paste the body copy. Keywords, you just copy and paste the keywords meta tag, where you're just going to pick 20 or 30 of the main keyword phrases that are contained in the release. Okay. And then basically that's it. You set the release the, the release up. The release is going to go out in, uh, I think they think they say 48 hours for standard delivery, so it'll go out in the next couple days. But that's a couple more days for the search engines to index the site. And then the tenth step is we just monitor the results. We look and see if it got picked up in Google. You always want to check Yahoo and make sure Yahoo picked it up correctly. And um, we'll, talk, we'll, we'll look and see how it did on the next show. Sounds good. This is, a, I think, a fun segment, and I thank you for, for sharing the development of your site with us, Lucas. My pleasure. I appreciate your help. Thanks so much. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, congratulations to Lucas. He's off and running with MarketingRopes.com. Definitely participate. Check out the site. Call into our show. Let us know what you think. Comment on uh, Lucas's blog as well at MarketingRopes.com. And, um, you know, maybe give him some suggestions and tips and tell him what you think. Tell us what you think at 206-888-6606. And also don't forget to call us at that same number. And l let me know where you found this show and where you listened to it. We're going to pick one winner for another copy of Seth Godin's great new book, Tribes, 206-888-6606. Well, let's get right into my conversation with David Meerman Scott. As I mentioned off the top of the show, he's the author of The New Rules of Marketing and PR. He's got some really innovative new ways to do internet marketing. And here he is, David Meerman Scott. We're here today with David Meerman Scott. He's a graduate of Kenyon College. He's lived in New York, Tokyo, Boston, Hong Kong. He was the Asia Marketing Director for the online division of Knight Ritter. 
at one time the largest newspaper companies in the world. He was the vice president of marketing at News Edge Corp. He's the author of three books and several e-books. <laughs> and I'm really happy to have David with me. I've just been devouring your new book, David, The New Rules of Marketing and PR. Oh, good. Thanks, Jay. It's good to be here. Yeah, it's been remarkable how um, how many people have told me that they've enjoyed it. And that they were into the eighth printing, which is incredible. It came out in June of last year, and it's been dominating the marketing and public relations categories. And the other thing that's really interesting to me is that it's being translated into 19 different languages. So it's, what it, what, the reason that's so interesting is because the ideas in that book are a global thing. It's not just something that you do in North America, but something that's uh, valid throughout the world. Congratulations. That's so exciting. Thanks. Well, let's explain to folks, what is old marketing and what is new marketing? Well, it's not really so much old marketing versus new marketing. What it is is what you had to do in an offline world was different. Basically, to succeed in an offline world from the marketing and PR area, you had to either buy access in somebody's media with, with advertising, that might take the form of the yellow page ads or magazine, newspaper, radio, television ads, billboards, direct mail. Or you had to beg the media to write about you, get mainstream media, magazine, news, uh, newspaper, radio, television, reporters, editors to write stories about your products and services. And those were really the only ways that we could get our information out there. The new rules of marketing and PR are that to succeed online, in an online world, and basically everybody today goes to Google to research products and services, to succeed online, it's not about buying advertising. It's not about begging the media to write about you. Instead, it's about publishing great content yourself. And that's a really liberating and exciting thing for people because for so long we either had to break the bank or we had to, to, to focus on getting other people to tell our stories for us. Now we tell our stories directly online to an interested audience. So it's new rules from the perspective of you have to think differently to be successful in an online world. However, I'm not suggesting that everybody should stop doing offline marketing and yank their yellow page ads and you know never do uh, never reach out to anybody from the media again I'm not suggesting that at all I am saying though that to be successful online you do need to think differently you want to talk about the democratization of publishing and maybe expand on the importance of content and where and how people should publish content yeah for ages and ages it's been an expensive proposition to publish something and what you know in for hundreds of years to be able to publish something you needed to either own printing presses or buy access through advertising to somebody else's printing presses or um, a little bit later you know radio and television also a big infrastructure uh, involved or in studios and and, and and antennas and other things like that production was expensive production was expensive and Air and those and, and all of that's still true I mean it is expensive to have printing presses and expensive to have broadcast technology but what the web allows anyone to do is literally for free to create content you just stick it up you can get content online within five minutes you can start a blog and and you're up and running in five minutes and creating content and it, it's it's a pretty amazing thing when 
you can create your own stuff. It could be a YouTube video. It's free to put YouTube videos up. It could be an audio podcast like we're doing right now. It could be uh, a blog. It could be photographs. It could be images. I mean, all sorts of different types of content. And, and everybody and anybody can put information out there. And that's why I, I say that the new rules of marketing and PR is about thinking like a publisher rather than thinking like an advertiser or a public relations person or a marketer because when when you think like a marketer and you think like an advertising person all you do is talk about your products and services and nobody really cares about your products and services what they care about are themselves and their problems so so thinking like a publisher allows you to create really interesting content that your market wants to consume you're definitely speaking to a bunch of folks who are publishers because we've had we do a call-in segment on the show, and we have a call-in line. And we've got bloggers and publishers and people creating their own websites. It's, it's really a community that's going to buy in. There was a great line, I think two years ago, on the cover of Time magazine. They declared you as the person of the year. Yeah, right. It was a cover. Cool. Like, yeah, that was totally cool. And the, and the, the whole book was about you know, YouTube and blogging and podcasting and everything. And at the end of the magazine, on the very last page in the op-ed article, the very last line was, Andy Warhol said that everybody would be famous for 15 minutes, <laughs> but in this new world, everybody's famous to 15 people. <laughs> Funny. Yeah, I, I, I didn't I think I read all that far, but yeah, I remember the, uh, the issue very well. So that's one of my, my new presentation topics, is everybody's famous to 15 people. And, yeah, right. You know, I, I totally love the 15 people who are listening to this right now. <laughs> How have you, you know, you've really used a bunch of things like e-books and your blog. It's amazing. You say you have had over 200,000 downloads of your e-books. Yeah. Um, actually, it's the up, to a, up, to a, up to a quarter of a million now. Um, yeah, it, there's a few things that are important to get lots of people to look at your content, you know, more than, more than the 15. Um, the first thing is that, Instead of creating content for your own ego, you actually uh, create something that focuses on a market problem that somebody has and offers a solution to it. So the two e-books, I've, I've written a bunch of e-books, but the two that have really taken off and become very popular are the new rules of viral marketing, which I put out early this year, the new rules of viral marketing. And one I put out a couple of years ago is called the new rules of PR. So a few things that are important. One is that the content has to be absolutely free with absolutely no registration requirement. In other words, no fee, no email address required, no secret forms to fill out. I mean, it's just totally free and doesn't require any kind of complex technology either. My e-books, and I recommend this for everybody, are simple PDF documents. And you just click it, and you got it up on your computer. And that's true, by the way, of any kind of content that you want to spread from person to person and get lots of people to download. You need to make it interesting. And here's something that I talk about a lot, and since you've got publishers who are listening in, I'll, I'll mention it, because I don't always mention it. One of the most important things and the most overlooked thing, looked thing by people is that there has to be conflict in what you create. Now, that sounds really weird and interesting. What the heck is David talking about? But if you think about it, all good novels, 
and all good films are all about conflict. It's, it's two characters or, or more than two characters who are in conflict with one another. And, you know, a classic plot line of movies through the ages and novels through the ages is boy meets girl, boy falls in love with girl, boy loses girl, boy gets back together with girl, boy marries girl. Now, that's interesting because there's conflict. But what happens with almost all marketing communications that I see is that they, the conflict is removed. And it's boy meet girl, boy meets girl, boy gets married. And that's extremely boring. <laughs> so one of the things that I recommend everybody does is, number one, make their content totally free. Make it interesting. Um, include conflict. Make it, make it um, compelling. And um, and then um, put it out there, and um, you know if you're if you've got a, if you're a little bit lucky and have something that that really um, appeals to to people that you're trying to reach solves a problem, maybe your content will be downloaded a quarter of a million times as well. One more little tip is to include a, what's called a Creative Commons license in your in your content. A creative, and you just go to creativecommons.org another thing for the show notes. And what that um, permits people to do is share your content without getting permission. You've given them permission within the document. You still own the copyright to your content, but you give people permission to email it, to post it on their own site, um, to even um, mash it up, which is create something new out of your original content as long as they give you proper attribution. And that ensures that people don't have to worry about, is it okay to share this? Is it okay to put this link on my website? May I copy it a hundred times and give it to my hundred colleagues? And uh, and that allows them to do so. That's fantastic. I just want to re-emphasize one of the points you said, because you know, so many of us sort of always said, ask people to at least opt in to give you an email address to receive an e-newsletter when you're giving them a free e-book download. And I talk a lot about it. It's actually one of my ten golden rules. And golden rule number three is what we say to create a UVP. Right. And that's a unique value proposition. Mm -hmm. Something on your website that people are going to want to engage with. And it can even be like a free function on your website, a free calculator, or a free ebook, or a free brochure, or a free download. Yeah. And you've really opened my eyes to really opening it up and freeing it up, especially because over the last five, six, seven years, we've gotten so much spam and so many traps with email. So I love your thinking of make it totally free, let them download it, and then you do a really good job in the e-books towards the end of the e-book of putting all your contact information and giving people an incentive to come and give you their email address to receive additional information. I think so. And I, th I think the right answer is a hybrid. I tend to be very dramatic about telling people to make their, their best stuff totally free. And I'm a big believer in taking your best thing, whatever that is. Could be if you're a B2B company and maybe you have a white paper or some companies have, um, uh, you know, I, like, I love this idea of an e-book, um, but uh, uh, calculators and things like that that you mentioned. Take your most valuable content, the thing that is just the best thing in the world, and make it totally free. And I've got, I've got evidence that when you do so, that your downloads will go up by a factor of between 20 and 50. Let me repeat that. If you have a gate on your content, let's call it, let's say an e-book or, or a white paper or a report, and you're asking someone to give their email address uh, before they get it, you might get um, a thousand people 
in a given year who download it. And congratulations, you got a thousand people. But what you we could have gotten without a gate is between 20,000 and 50,000 people downloading your piece. And um, in particular, some of that, I've got that evidence for myself, but there's a company called Mailer Mailer. And they have a report called the Email Marketing Metrics Report. And all you got to do is go to Google and type in Email Marketing Metrics. They come up number one in the search results for that phrase, Email Marketing Metrics. And their report is utterly free. And they told me that before they they before they made it totally free, they had a gate, and that they are now getting 20 times the number of downloads in an average week than they used to when they had the gate on it. And 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 you know we used to have to um, sell to people. You know we used to have to say, well, unless I try to sell you, unless I pick up the phone and and close the deal, people aren't gonna do business with you. I mean, that's the way that we used to think, but that's just not true. What happens is people read your stuff, and if, and if tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of people are exposed to your ideas, they're not, they're not dumb. They're going to say, well, geez, this guy seems pretty smart. Maybe I want to do business with this person. That's the, this is the person that educated me about this particular issue, or this is the person that's provided an answer to my problem. I want to do business with this person. And they'll reach out to you. They'll send you an email. They'll fill out a form. They'll, they'll pick up the phone. And they'll say, geez, I loved your e-book. Um, I'd really like to do business with you. Here's my problem. Can you help me? You know, you don't have to pick up the phone and convince them to do that. They're eager to do business with you. And it's a very different form of marketing and communications than we've been used to because we used to have to convince people that we're the right source, their uh, answers to their problems. But not anymore, not using this kind of marketing. How do you make the content great? What are the insights people are looking for from businesses? The most important thing by far is to check your ego at the door. Don't write about your products and services. Don't write about your company. And instead, spend time understanding what I call your buyer personas, the people whose problems your organization can solve. And what that means is that you've literally got to go out and interview dozens of potential customers, the people who you, uh, your products and services can help. And I'm not talking about your existing customers. I'm talking about... Uh, representatives of your potential customers. And then you create what I call a buyer persona profile, which is basically an aggregation of the things that you learned from the various people who you interviewed. Now, for some people, this is hard because they're really good at sitting in their comfortable conference room in their leather chair answering emails and dreaming up um, uh, uh, why their product is good. But what this kind of... Um, of, of research requires that you have to get off of your comfortable chair and get out of your comfortable office and go into the marketplace and meet people and talk to them. And once you've done that, you start to get a sense of what people are really looking for with your uh, products and services. And it can be really simple. Like a friend of mine down, the, down uh, in, in the city I live in, I live in the Boston area, is um, he makes fresh pasta. That's what he does for a living. He's got a company that makes fresh pasta. So what he learned, what people like him would learn if they go out and do their, their research, is that people aren't looking for fresh pasta. They're looking for a quick, healthy, 
an organic dinner to serve their family when in a, during their busy life. And, and then to create the kind of marketing that can be helpful for somebody like that and for a business like that, it's not talking about your pasta. It's creating really interesting recipes that people can do and filming them on YouTube and putting them up on YouTube. And, and it's creating a, a, a recipe book that you offer for free as a PDF and talking about different sauces that you can make at home. And all of that helps to sell the pasta. And no, you don't have to tell people how great your pasta is because they're going to figure out that you care about your pasta because you care about telling them how to solve their problems, which is to feed their family a nice, healthy, and tasty dinner that's going to be able to be served in a quick quick time frame. So it's a really, really transformational kind of approach than we, we used to do in traditional marketing and communications. You've hinted a number of times at one of the themes that I've been talking a lot about in my presentation and on this podcast. And that is different people consume content differently. The simple iteration is I absolutely love podcasts, and that's why I started a podcast. Because for me, it's amazing. Like I can stretch my learning time. I can learn when I'm commuting. I can learn when I'm working out. I can learn when I'm walking my dog. And it's not just learning. It's fun. I love to hear stuff about Internet marketing and, and other subject areas that I'm passionate about, my hobby areas. Mm -hmm. Some people, a couple people in my office, just can't listen to a podcast. It just for whatever reason, they're not auditory learners, and I think 25% of people are auditory learners, and they, they'll find the same things out, but they'll go and read blogs. Other people can sit there and watch YouTube videos for 45 minutes, and I get distracted when I'm sitting at my computer because I think I've got to do work, I've got to read emails. So maybe expand on this concept I have that different people learn differently, and different I, I, people consume content differently. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. You've hit on an important point, and, and related to that, also an equally important point is that as communicators, we have our preferences too. I mean, you clearly enjoy interviewing people and you're good at it. And, you know, perhaps it wouldn't be as good for you to become a photojournalist and take photographs and put those up on a blog or something. So we all have ways that we enjoy consuming information. And in my, my personal case, I, I go freaking nuts when something is linear. And audio content's linear. You have to sort of listen from start to finish. Now, there's been a lot of ways that people have gotten around that by perhaps including show notes that have a timeline of the different things that are discussed so that you know if you only want to go in and listen to one portion, you can go directly to minute eight and you can listen to that portion. But for the most part, I don't like that kind of linear learning. I like to browse. So I'm happy to see a 20-page PDF document, and I'll very, very quickly zero in on the information that's important to me. So sometimes it's important to have multiple types of content on the same site. And that example we shared earlier of the Fresh Pasta Company, they might have a PDF version of some recipes, but they also might have some YouTube videos showing the recipes actually being made. Some people would prefer one and some people would prefer the other. And again, it's absolutely true that we as communicators, as the creators of this type of content, have things that we like. I, I really love writing. Well, I'm okay at creating YouTube videos. It's not my passion. I've done a few of them. Other people are the opposite. They don't want to write. They prefer not to, but um, uh, great with video cameras. So go with your passion. Go with a thing that's interesting and stick it out there. Passion is the most important word, and that's what I share with people all the time. Follow your passion. Do something you're passionate about. It's going to come through in the writing or the video 
or the podcast, and then it's going to work. Absolutely. And maybe discipline yourself to add a couple things, like a blog or some of the more important parts of this new type of communication. That's right. I, I want to touch on your blog. It's called webinknow.com. We've talked about a tool called SEO Quake. I don't know if you've seen that, David. And I do not know that. It's this little tool on my browser. So the blog rated a 5 out of 10 on Google, which is a huge number. It means it's very important. Well, it's this is good. <laughs> 500, 539 pages indexed by Google. That means Google's read 539 different pages, and normally that's blog posts. That sounds right, because that's about how many blog posts I've done. You have 58,718 links. Uh, Yahoo's found 58,000 other websites linking directly to the blog, which is why it's so important and has a high ranking by Google. And your Alexa rank is 149,533, which means you're in the top 150,000 websites in the entire world. Nice. So the, the blog's very, very important. Yeah, and my blog is my blog is critical for me. It's my it's my calling card. It's my virtual calling card. It's remarkable. It's free. It didn't cost me a dime to do it. I'm sure it takes work, but I'm I just think it's so incredible that with a little bit of time, a little bit of creativity you can build something that has the sorts of stats that you just mentioned. And I'll throw out a blog post. I did one early, you know, yesterday morning, for example. And you know, immediately people will start to comment and interact, and other people will blog about it on their blogs, and people will talk about it on Twitter. It's incredible. What's the difference in terms of your marketing strategy between your blog and your website? Good question. My blog is where I provide what I call thought leadership content. It's where I provide information that people can use. It's my ideas and my thoughts about, you know, how to do various things or have you seen this or isn't this interesting. My website is a little bit more around, okay, now you know who I am. Here are some of the ways that it'd be possible for you to either consume other things that I do or learn more about me or, or perhaps engage me in some way. And I, I look at my marketing as a ladder approach. And you sort of, I want people to climb up the ladder. But I'm not forcing them with a cattle prod to, to climb up the ladder. I'm not coercing them with some carrot at the top of it if they climb the ladder. What I mean by the ladder is I have tons of free content. There's the blog you mentioned with lots of readers of it. There's the e-books we talked about earlier that's, that have had a quarter of a million downloads. And that's all totally free. And I don't even, I don't ask anyone who they are. They just consume my stuff and I'm happy to have them do it. And then I figure a certain number of those people might want a little bit more. And they might be ready to spend 20 bucks to buy a hardcover book. And um, it's, it's quite true that, that a lot of people will have, have done that because the book has done very, very well. It's a bestseller, The New Rules of Marketing and PR, my most recent book. And, and so then a certain number of people who are exposed to my free content will buy the hardcover. I don't know what the ratio is, but call it 20 to 1. And then a certain number of people who have read the hardcover will say, this guy's pretty smart. Maybe we should have him come into our, my company and uh, run a seminar for us. Any organization can create really interesting free stuff that people will want to consume, and then they're going to say, this company, this organization, this person is pretty cool. I want to do business with them in some way. And move people up the ladder. Yeah, this move people up the ladder. Exactly the same way. We've been so fortunate that some of our listeners have referred me for speaking engagements, and I've spoken at their companies and done consulting work, and we have some clients from the podcast. So 
It really works, people. Hop on the marketing ladder. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. One question I get asked all the time is, where do you get ideas for blog posts? And what do you write about? <laughs> yeah, good question. I'm actually not that prolific. I only do, on average, two blog posts a week. And that's significantly less than some people who are blogging, you know, literally every day. Um, yeah, so I, I don't, you know, that's only eight a month. You know, it's 100 a year. It's not that many posts when you think about it. I, I'm constantly kind of, you know, have my eyes and ears open as I'm wandering around and, and constantly thinking of, ideas that I can write about. And I like seeing one thing and kind of comparing it to another thing. So my most recent blog post as of the time that we're doing this recording was about, um, I, I went to, I was in New York City last week, and I went to this bar called Rudy's Bar and Grill. And they, they typical sort of bar, you know, it's a bar, it's a man's bar. <laughs> and they have um, pitchers of beer and free hot dogs. And so I went with my, my editor, my publisher, and we had free hot dogs and beer. And then we went to see um, a concert in New York City, a band called Wolf Parade. And, and what, I, what struck me as interesting was here we were eating at this bar because they had free hot dogs. That's why we were there. And then we went to this concert, and the reason we were there is because I was able to, before we went, see some free YouTube videos of, that the band had put up on their MySpace page, and then I was thinking, huh, I'd like to see this band. So the place we were eating and the, and the music we were going to see were both as a result of free content. And I, so I wrote about that, and it was just something that came to me as I was sitting in the bar having a beer. And that's often what happens is the best ideas are, you know, in the shower as you're driving down the road, you know, in the bar, whatever it is, watching TV. And then I kind of make a mental note. I don't write stuff down, but I make a mental note. How oh, that would be a really interesting blog post. And then, um, you know, maybe it may be I'll, I'll write it up immediately or I'll write it up the next day. Or, or I may not even write it up for six months, but it kind of gets in the back of my mind as something interesting to write about. Once again, the marketing ladder for yeah. a, uh, a bar started with free hot dogs. Free hot dogs. They, they, they gave away 55,000 free hot dogs last year. So they go from the free hot dogs to buying beer. Yeah. And you went from free videos to the uh, well, to the concert. Right. Free video and then a, a $40 ticket to the concert. And now here they are getting some more free promotion. Free publicity on my blog. Aren't you going to check out Wolf Parade? And I'm probably going to play a Wolf Parade song close out every show. There you go. <laughs> as long as they're on the Podsafe Music Network. I'm not sure if they are. You'll have to check that out. I'm going to wrap up with the question we ask everyone at sure. the end of the podcast, and I'll make it sort of a two-parter. The question I ask everyone is, what social marketing tools are you using? What's the hottest new online functions you're using for business or fun? And I'll make it a two-part question. What are the most important social media tools for business today and for individuals who want to build their personal brand as successfully as you have? I don't think there's any one thing that's the most important for everybody. And the reason for that is related back to what we talked about before, is that you know some people are really comfortable writing, people like me. And for them, probably a blog is a really you know, probably the most important business tool. But for people who aren't comfortable writing, who don't like it, who don't feel they're good at it, you know, just, just you know, I'm just not a writer. Many people aren't. Um, then I would hesitate to say that that's the most important thing. And, and if for them, it's not. 
So perhaps the, the audio podcast format or videos are the most important. So I think it really becomes a personal thing. Other people are just really into MySpace or, or Facebook. You know, MySpace if you're an artist or a mus musician, Facebook if you're a business person or a student. And LinkedIn, LinkedIn. And LinkedIn is another one. And, and, and they're really good at networking through one of those social networking sites. And for them, maybe that's the best approach. Um, and to answer your first question, um, it's not so much that it's really, really new, but I've just seen uh, um, Twitter take off in, in the last couple of months in a pretty big way. And your, your, your listeners probably know, but Twitter is a micro-blogging service. It's like writing an instant message and sending it to your network of people. Um, and, um, and it's really taken off, and I'm, uh, I'm finding that a lot more people know what Twitter is. A lot more people are using it. E even six months ago, if I had said, are you on Twitter, most 99% of the people I asked would have, wouldn't even know what Twitter is. Now I say, are you on Twitter, you know, about half the people know what it is. And, and increasingly people are saying, yes, I'm on Twitter. So it's not that you have to get on Twitter yourself. I'm not saying that. But you do need to know what it is, take a look at it, and, and, and think about perhaps experimenting with it. And definitely you can use it just as a learning tool or a news tool. A lot of people are calling it TNN now, the Twitter News Network. <laughs> right. Right. Well, the other thing I called is because each each update is only 140 characters. It takes only a minute or two to write one update. It's called a tweet. Um, and uh, many people literally get addicted to Twitter. So I call it the crack cocaine of the Internet um, because people get addicted and they literally are doing 100 updates a day. I'm at twitter.com forward slash Jay Berkowitz. Where can people follow David Meerman Scott? DM Scott. Twitter.com slash forward slash. Yep, DM Scott. Well, David, I appreciate your time. I know you're very, very busy. And I'd, I'd love to ask you a million more questions, and I will. So we'll do this again when your next book comes out. But I just want to thank you so much, and it's been great for me. I hope everybody else has enjoyed it as much as I have. Oh, no, it's so good fun. I've just I've just started following you on Twitter just that fast. Um, so uh, it's all good. Thanks, Jay. Well, thanks, David. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Well, a big thank you to David Meerman Scott. What an interesting twist on a lot of the stuff we often talk about um, our UVP or 10 golden rule number three, create a UVP, a unique value proposition, something free that's going to engage people with you and your website. We often talk about asking for an email address tied to the UVP. And I think it's interesting that David reported that 20 to 50% more people will download your UVP if you do not require an email address. So we're definitely going to test that out at 10 golden rules. If you have experience in statistics on how that performs on your site, I'd love to hear about it. Well, as we mentioned a couple times on the show, we'd love to hear from you. How did you find the 10 Golden Rules podcast? Where do you listen? How do you listen? Give us a call, 206-888-6606. If you're still afraid to share your voice, don't be afraid to email me, j at 10goldenrules.com. That's T-E-N, goldenrules.com. And um, we always wrap up the show with a song of the week. We've got a great one from the Podsafe Music Network. I couldn't find Wolf Parade on there. So Wolf Parade, if you're listening, we'd love to uh, get a, 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 a download from you that we can use on the show. 
But uh, we always go to the Podsafe Music Network, and we found a great song by Blake Morgan. He has an authorized version of a song written by Paul McCartney. So we'll wrap up and wish everyone a great week. We'll rock out with Maybe I'm Amazed from Blake Morgan. Have a great week, everybody.
Thank you for listening to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing podcast. Please send comments and questions to podcast at 10goldenrules.com. That's podcast at 10goldenrules.com. Or use our call-in line 206-888-6606. This podcast is produced with Cast Blaster. Ten golden rules for all your internet marketing needs.